Hey everybody, my name is Tom and I'm glad to be with you today. Thanks for joining us. We're continuing on in the series that we're calling Fully Mature. It's material that we've adapted from Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And man, we've been covering some hard stuff. We've been talking about our families of origin and wrestling with the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes from there. Um, we've been talking about what it's like to hit a wall and to have God bring you through that wall and share with you what's on the other side. And um, then most recently, we, we looked at how the ongoing state of disruption that currently exists and will exist for the foreseeable future um, reveals limits and creates loss and requires grief. So now, today, um, we get to, I guess, maybe lighten up a little bit, and we look at one of the aspects of emotionally healthy um, spirituality that we can engage in that helps us do that, that hard work. And to get us started, I thought I would um, maybe be a little bit vulnerable and share a, a weakness with you. And when it comes to learning, one of the best things that we can do is when somebody shares a weakness, we, we handle that weakness gently. So you listen to me, handle my weakness gently. Um, and then for those people who are maybe stronger in that area, they come alongside the weaker and they help them in that area. They help them to fully live into the person that Jesus created them to be. So I, um, I've always, I always wanted to be a musician. I, I took piano lessons when I was a kid. I tried to play, I played trumpet a little bit when I was a kid. When I was in college, I learned how to play a guitar. I can read music. Uh, I took a music theory class in college. And I had like the basic kind of stuff down um, but what always, always tripped me up was rhythm. I have very little, I have some, I have some rhythm, very little though. Um, you know, I can usually find a beat in a song and maybe tap my foot along or clap. Um, but if it starts to get complicated, right, then I get in trouble. Um, when, you know, when I was playing piano and my hands were required to do two different things at the same time, which is most of piano playing, um, it really screwed me up. Or when I was in a band, I would listen to the band instructor. She would count off a rhythm for us. And when she started adding sounds in between numbers, I got all screwed up, right? One, two, three, four, one, two. That's pretty basic. But then she starts counting like one E and a two E and a three E and a four. And that just like, that blew my mind. Um, Maybe, maybe you can relate to this one. Sitting in church or in a different venue and people are clapping. Nice, right? Really easy. Somebody gets all fancy, throws in the fancy clap. I'm, I'm lost. I can't, I can't hear the drum. I can't, I can't hear anything. I struggle with, with rhythm. <clears throat> so why, um, why all this talk about about rhythm? Well, <laughs> because we were created to live in prescribed rhythms, rhythms prescribed by God for his glory and for our good. And I think just like I struggle with rhythm in music, I think the vast majority of us struggle to live within God's prescribed rhythms. Right, the, the prescriptions that we follow, the directions that we follow, don't come from God when it comes to how busy we are, how much we try to take on, or how many things we say yes to, or how fast we go through life. Um, we were created to live within these godly rhythms, and when we do, 
The practice of these godly rhythms is key to developing ongoing, life-giving, conversational relationships with Jesus. And that's what we're going we're gonna to talk about today. I'm going to start us with two pieces of scripture that, um, that identify something called Sabbath, right? And we're gonna, I'm going to throw out another term throughout this morning, the daily office, and we'll, we'll talk more about them, and I will explain what they mean. So if you're unfamiliar with them at this point, that's, that's okay. But we're going to start in Exodus chapter 20. Um, pretty famous, this is the passage where, the, um, where we find the Ten Commandments, the Ten Biggies, right? Here we go, Exodus 20, starting in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So, God, we are made in God's image. God rested. God stopped being made in his image. We should stop and rest. And God gave all of those commands to us. They're for our good, right? But especially this one, um, it was for our good. It's not something to be layered on, not a to-do list item. But over the course of time, this commandment that was given for our good got hijacked by legalism and became um, a burden almost impossible to bear. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he says this about Sabbath. Listen to this. This is Mark chapter 2. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Super, super important, you guys. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is not about adding something. This is not about um, giving us something else to feel guilty about not doing. This is for us, for our good. And I think maybe the simplest way to think about the idea of both Sabbath and the other term I use, daily office, is the idea of stopping. God created us to live within a rhythm of work and rest. And part of that rhythm is stop, rest, work. Stop, rest, work, right? Work is, it's a good thing. It was messed up in the fall and, and become really difficult and, and cumbersome. Um, but we are created to be creative, to be generative. Um, but we're also created to stop. So I want to look at both of these things. The daily office, which means we stop a couple times a day, and Sabbath, which means we stop once a week. So first, the daily office. And we see um, it wasn't called this back in the day, but we see examples of the, our biblical heroes, figures, stopping several times throughout the day. David, Psalm 119, says seven times he stops. Daniel stops three times. Devout Jews in the time of Jesus would stop two to three times a day. After Jesus' resurrection and ascension, we see the disciples stopping at fixed hours to go and pray. So there's our biblical example. 
what are the components of the daily office? First thing is, is that we stop. We find a point in our day where it's appropriate, where we won't get fired, where we won't get suspended from school, and we stop what we're doing. And then after stopping, we, we center ourselves. It was just like a, a fancy way of saying we catch our breath. We slow down for a minute. Um, maybe we close our eyes. Maybe do some deep breathing. Maybe um, find a, an appreciation memory. And then we spend time in silence. We just simply be. We just simply be. Just you and God. And the, the final piece that you might want to consider incorporating is scripture. And uh, the, the daily office app that I have on my phone has um, a psalm, a steady diet of the psalms every day throughout the office, multiple times a day. And there's 150 of them. So you start with Psalm 1, next day you read Psalm 2, or you read Psalm 1 in the morning, Psalm 2 in the evening, however, however you go about it. So those are the components we're looking at, right? Stopping, centering, silence, and scripture. And here's just a really easy way to get started. And I've, I've given you guys this example before, just one, one, one. Spend a minute in silence, read one Psalm, spend another minute in silence. And start with just giving that a try once a day and then try to build from there, right? Maybe you do it before you get out of bed and you do it like at night when you go to bed. And the first thing when you wake up, last thing before you go to bed. So what would it, what would it be like, right? How would your day be different if you had set times with God to look forward to? This is, this is um, again, guys, it's not, it's not a, another thing to put on your to-do list, right? It's not a thing like if we do this, oh, God's going to save us. God's going to be happier with us. We can't do anything to change the way that God feels about us. God will never love us anymore. He'll never love us any less. He, his love for you and for me is perfect. What things like the daily office and Sabbath do is it changes how we feel about God. By intentionally stopping to focus on God, it reminds us of who he is. And, and in that realization, we cannot help but grow in love and worship and awe and reverence for him. All right, so daily office, that's stopping a couple times a day. The next idea, which we found in that verse in the Ten Commandments, is this idea of Sabbath. It's stopping for 24 hours once a week to rest and delight in God. To rest and delight in God. And just like there are components to the, to the daily office, um, there are also components to what a Sabbath is. So again, we stop. Both the office and Sabbath are about stopping and trusting God. We can stop from our work. We can stop and trust that God is going to keep things moving forward. Once we stop, right, we, once we stop, we identify that time when we're going to stop, then we rest. We, from both our work and our unpaid work, we rest from physical exertion. We rest from exhaustion. We rest from busyness. We, we rest from, um, maybe we rest from judgment. Maybe we rest from competitiveness or worry or making decisions. We don't make any decisions on a Sabbath. We just, we do that the day before or the next day. We rest. We don't catch up on errands on the Sabbath. We take a break from those things that drain the life out of us. 
Does that make sense? We take a break from those things that drain the lighthouse. Then, instead of those things, we do things that create the light. And that's different for everybody. For some people, it might be cooking. For some people, cooking might be one of the things that they rest from and they just want to eat. Maybe for some people, it's, it's being outside. Maybe it's being with other people. Whatever it is, however God wired you to delight, um, that, is, that is another key component to the Sabbath. And then what makes the Sabbath, I think, different maybe than a, a day off is this idea of contemplate. And that's just a fancy way of saying think. We want to contemplate. We want to think about God. We want to devote extra time to being with him, to thinking about him. That can be, um, that can be reading scripture. That can be listening to hymns or worship music. Or if you're instrumental music, you have, if you have rhythm, you can you play, you sing, um, whatever whatever it might be. So this is just like office. This is something that you grow into. This is something that I would encourage you to be gracious with yourself. It's also something I would encourage you. Not to necessarily find an accountability partner who's going to like, you know, wag a finger at you if you don't practice your Sabbath, but somebody who you're trying to grow into this process with, right? Somebody like you have a conversation, hey, yeah, that was a really good idea. Could you imagine what it would be like to stop and rest once a week? Maybe we should try that. All right, let's try it. We'll, see, we'll talk about how it goes, something like that. I don't know. When we're getting started, you decide when you're going to stop. So, for example, um, Gail works five days a week. Um, my schedule is not, a, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of thing. It's all over the place. But we were able to find a chunk of time, like Gail's Sabbath starts Sunday morning and, you know, ends Monday morning. Um, mine starts Sunday at noon and ends Monday at noon. So we have that nice chunk of time that overlaps so we can um, do this together. There are things that we delight in together, but that's the time we've identified to stop. That's the first thing you would do. Identify a time when you're going to stop. Then decide what it is you're going to rest from. I don't check my work email. Um, I don't schedule meetings during that time. Whatever, wh whatever it's going to be, it's paid and unpaid work that, you, that you're going to rest from. I have um, dubbed Mondays in my life mindless, scrolling-free Mondays. I don't go on any social media at all on Mondays. I take a rest from that. Um, then you decide what it is you, that you can do that brings you delight, right? What brings you, what brings you happiness? And I know, like, don't judge me, all right? Some people can say this is crazy, but on my Sabbath, I allow myself extra time in the gym. I allow myself extra time to work out because that's how God wired me. I have had some of the most profound um, what I guess I could only describe as worship experiences while running, while lifting weights, while hanging from a pull-up bar. Um, so I know that's how God wired me, so I allow myself more time to do that. And then how will you contemplate? I find um, I will look, I will intentionally look for teachers of the gospel who challenge me, whose sermons I can listen to, whose books I can read, and I will spend extra time doing that in addition to spending um, I layer that on top of extra time in God's word. So again, it's a process. The first thing you do is figure out how those things, um, identify what those things are for you. Now, there are some 
obstacles to this. I mean, first and foremost, we have an enemy that would really, really um, not want us to engage in this practice, right? He, Satan does not want us to, um, to intentionally grow our feelings for God, intentionally take steps to be with God more and more often. He will take steps to thwart this, right? Aside from this enemy that we have, I think the biggest obstacle that we have to practicing things like the daily office and Sabbath is ourselves, our mindsets and our preconceived notions and, and maybe, um, well, like, for example, I was, am a recovering busyness addict. Go, 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 go. That's what you do. That's how, that's like, especially where we live in this Fairfield County area. Um, I think one of the obstacles that can get in the way is that we're afraid to slow down. And fortunately, through, through some hard work, talking to counselors, um, investing in things like emotionally healthy spirituality, I have grown out of a fear of slowing down. And that fear of slowing down came from um, what I thought was going to happen when I slowed down. And that would be that the, the hard things that I didn't want to think about would kind of bubble up in my brain and, and that I would have, um, I wasn't, I didn't want to deal with them. I wasn't prepared to deal with them. And so all this stuff ties together, right? The emotionally healthy stuff ties together. We slow down and we're able to do that processing, but we're not doing that processing alone. It's with God. It's with other people. And then that, um, that kind of is the last obstacle that I found for me personally was what are people going to think? Oh, must be nice. He works one hour a week as a pastor, you know, does his hour on Sundays, and then he takes a Sabbath because he's exhausted from his hour. Like that, you guys, I, I say it kind of flippantly, but that was a real struggle for me. And I had to um, kind of wrestle with the idea uh, of what people think and what God thinks. What people say is important and what God says is important. And um, this is one of the most countercultural aspects of emotionally healthy spirituality. You want to do something radical? Stop for 24 hours and rest. Stop and rest for 24 hours. And then when somebody asks you about your weekend, if that's when you do it, and you say, yeah, we, you know, we, just, we took 24 hours and we just stopped. We didn't work. We didn't do any chores. We didn't run errands. Like, people would be like, what? So obstacles. <clears throat> and then finally, um, just some, some considerations. And these are all wrapped up really nicely in a document that is going to show up in the chat box. You can click on it, and you'll be taken to it. Um, that Pete Scazzaro put together frequently asked questions about the Sabbath. So I would encourage you to, to download that and, and take a look at it. But I think some of the most common things are, that would come up are a season of life, right? We have little kids. How do we, do we stop? Like, what do we do? We never, you never stop being a parent, right? You're always, you're always a parent. When our boys were younger and we were just getting started on this, this idea of stopping and resting with God, um, we would try to find things that would bring them life, right? This is about bringing them life. So we would have special meals. We would make one of their favorite meals. I remember a couple of times we busted out the fondue pot. Um, hot oil and, you know, eight-year-old boys. Everybody's okay. Um, and it was fun and it was delicious, but... It didn't, it didn't, I think we did it two or three times. Um, anyways, and so maybe if the kids have chore responsibilities, maybe they get to take a break from their chore responsibilities on Sabbath. 
Maybe they watch mom and dad, like they're doing their thing and they're playing, but they're watching you guys read or pray or, or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, take your season of life into account and, and make, right? Remember the Sabbath was created for you. Make the Sabbath about you and God and bringing life. I mentioned, um, I think I mentioned how like being, uh, being an extrovert versus being an introvert, like our unique wiring, that's what I mentioned, our unique wiring <clears throat> um, plays a role in this. I have kind of been more intentional about incorporating more time with other people during my Sabbath. Super important that we have solitude in our Sabbath and that our daily office has solitude, um, but including other people, and that kind of ties into that next one, and volunteering has become really important to me in, in, um, in practicing Sabbath. And then again, in that, that um, Frequently Asked Questions document, there's a discussion on the things I do and don't do. It's not a checklist. It's, there's not a right and a wrong way to do this necessarily. The important is that we're doing it. We're stopping and we're resting and we're delighting in God because doing that, the practice of godly rhythms is key to developing an ongoing, life-giving, conversational relationship with Jesus. The rhythm of stopping from our work is a crystal clear um, exhibition of the gospel. And by the gospel, I mean we recognize our desperate need for Jesus and the things that only he can do that, and his saving us, of, of, of him um, defeating sin and death on our behalf, of him, of us living vicarious, the vicarious, victorious life through him. The rhythm of stopping is a representation of the gospel. The rhythm of stopping recognizes God for who he is and for his desire to um, allow us to stop and rest. And he keeps working. He keeps the universe spinning while we're stopping and resting. The rhythm of stop, stopping and resting recognizes who we are and our limitations while at the same time recognizing that we are made in the image of God. Right, The gospel, God, us, it's all woven together in this idea of practicing these godly rhythms of stopping and resting. Because when we let God be God, we can do that with confidence because we know that when we stop, he never does. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for, <clears throat> for your word. We thank you for your example. Uh, we thank you for things like Sabbath rest, that you created Sabbath rest for us to be with you, to experience you, to know you better. We thank you that... Um, you are always at work. God, would you, uh, would you help us grow in this practice? Would you help us identify when to stop and how to stop and um, how to delight? God, reveal those things to us about ourselves that we might not even be aware of. Continue to show us the men and women, boys and girls, students that you created us to be. as we stop and rest and delight in you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.